Ag journalist Rachel Gable chooses Anywhere Camp. You've gathered your red book, tag marker, calf puller, the good tagger, and your sense of humor, but you haven't added an Anywhere Cam to save you time, miles, and cold, dark trips to the corrals, you're not ready for calving yet. It's an important tool in the toolbox for cattle producers like us. We love ours, and you will too. No power, no Wi-Fi, no problem. Anywhere Cam. Get your process started today at anywhere.cam. He's a longtime ag writer, a fierce advocate, and a storyteller. He's a boss on the block, an unapologetic patriot, and committed to the success of rural communities. I'm Rachel Gable. And I'm Jason Sanamasso, and this is the Pro Ag Podcast. Welcome to the Pro Ag Podcast. I'm here with a strange man. He's a man we haven't seen in a little while. He's been busy. He's in full meet-in mode. But I'm here with my favorite co-host, Mr. Jason Sanamasso. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Glad to be back. Yeah, I've missed a couple. I don't like missing them. Well, well, I, uh, I'm i sure that most of our listeners are excited that you're back as well. <laughs> uh, maybe some. I think they'd rather <laughs> hear you than me. I don't know. They, I don't they know. like knowledge, not BS. <laughs> I don't know. We both have both of those in spades. <laughs> <laughs> How are the meet-in preparations coming? Uh, good, getting a lot of great items. Uh, I was I was nervous. Of course, when I set it up, uh, we were a month and a half out, and I always get a little nervous, and I'm not getting donations right now. Uh, but they're coming in, a lot of neat, really neat items coming. Uh, a lot of historic pieces. Uh, we've got uh, pedal tractors. We've got all kinds of stuff. It's uh, a lot of guns and a lot of brand new guns. It, it's going to be a neat one. It'll be it'll be a good day. I'm really excited about some of the the photos and the custom frames that are rolling in. Those are amazing. Uh, they are. They are. That uh, the picture of the the original sale barn here in town, over by where Bowers Market is now, is a really cool piece back, taken back in 1935. So, wow. But uh, I'm excited to to see what that one does. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Is the fam? Who is the family that ran that? Uh, Hoover's. Are they still around the country? Mm-mm, not that I'm aware of anyway. Huh. Well, it's a lot of neat history and talk about a neat frames. And they're all just little pieces of history that are just super cool. And I'm excited to, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the auctioneer contest. It's just going to be a good time. It's going to be a lot of fun. It really is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the contest I think is going to add quite a bit to it. Um, I'm excited. It's going to be a good day and, uh, Doing it for a lot of great causes again. Yep, always. I, uh, you know, one of our sponsors, which I can't fail to mention, is the Crowley County Meet Out Meet In, which is on the 30th of March down at Big Blue in Ordway. And Shad Sullivan is kind of the the uh, head honcho down there, and you can watch his Facebook for, uh, you know, posts about what they have planned down there. And, and we'll certainly share it on our social media as well. But uh, it's the March March 30th at Big Blue in Ordway. 
And if you've never been down there, they, those folks down in Southeastern Colorado are such good people. And they, last year they brought in Dr. Laura Bledsoe to speak and they had several um, elected officials giving updates. They had some great food. They had, I think they had a little auction. They had all kinds of stuff and it's just a good time. And they, uh, they do a nice job down there and we, we really like them a lot. So March 30th, Crowley County meet in down in Ordway at Big Blue. Yeah, I love I love that all the meet-ins are still are, are keeping going every year. Um, yeah, and there's not as many as there were important. that first year, but boy, the ones that are still going are just getting to be really neat, uh, neat events. Of course, there's one in Hugo. There's several up in the mountains. There's, um, gosh, now my brain. Mesa County has several events. Mesa County cattle women are are uh, doing a lot of good stuff too. And they're, um, they've got an advocacy day and then I'll have to find it and share it on the page. I can't remember all the dates, but um, they've got lots of cool stuff up there. Yeah, and we also, speaking of cattle women, we have two five-star reviews to share. And remember, if you leave us a five-star review, we'll read it on the air and hopefully I'll remember it with before it it's like a month out. But the first one is, I listened to your podcast on my morning drive to the Capitol. Despite all the traffic and the miserable time it takes to get through it all, you bring a little home to my morning, and I appreciate the education of rural mental health as well. Rural Colorado is in desperate need of more resources and access to mental health. We agree. And the second one is, the title just says, fantastic. Keep up the great work, guys. Ag producers all over Colorado appreciate you and all you are doing. As a cattle woman, we too appreciate your support. And that is from Terry Munson down at Custer County Cattle Women, which of course they're coming up to the meet in and they're bringing a, a big cooler with our check your cows, check your fields, check your neighbors full of meat and goodies and the sweatshirt and all kinds of good stuff. That's I cool. I love, I love the reviews. Yeah, it's fun to hear. And we don't have any negative ones. Not that we're inviting you to do that. But I'm glad that we don't. And, and our guest today actually texted me a while ago or emailed me and said that she was driving through uh, Nebraska and she listened to all of them. And she said, yeah, I really, <laughs> I really like them. I thought, whew, that's good. Well, good. Good. Yeah. 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 I love it. I love the reviews. Keep them coming. Absolutely. And our other sponsor that we need to mention, of course, is Sterling Livestock Commission. You know them, right? I do know them. I do know them. Yeah. Sterling Livestock uh, just came on as a sponsor. Um, we do all kinds of auctions. Everybody thinks we're just livestock. Um, we have partnered with High Bid, so we can do do all of the online auctions, just like all the big boys do. Uh, we can do it right here local for you. Uh, so we can do, uh, you know, we specialize in livestock, but we can we can do live auctions anywhere and, uh, you know, farm, farm sales, equipment, uh, household sales, antiques, whatever, whatever you would like to market. We would love to work for you. If you, uh, if you're interested, give us a call at 970-522-1950. What are the sales looking like right now, Jason? Uh, pretty light. Numbers are down. Um, we, we, what's that? Everybody's cabin. They're busy. Cabin. Yep. Cabin. Uh, we'll have a we'll have a good back to grass special on March the sixth. 
at 11 o'clock. We'll have a lot of good grass cattle on that sale. And then we'll probably have another decent back to grass sale in April. And, and we will go to our, our summer schedule every other week starting in April, but we've got a couple bull sales coming up when we get closer. I will advertise those as well. Uh, but yeah, it, uh, the market's good. Uh, market's really good. Uh, and that's uh, a lot due to the numbers are, are down so far. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you and I both know they're not going to come back very quick, but, uh, uh, we, we had a bread cow sale last week and, and, uh, a young high school kid wanted to, wanted to get in the cow business. So him and his dad were there, uh, buying him his first set of cows that are his very own. So it was very cool to see these young kids, uh, stepping up and getting into it. Um, cause without them, uh, we're, we're losing numbers there too. So. I was so excited to see, uh, uh, and I think he's a junior in high school. I can't remember, but young kid getting into the cow business. I love it. That's good news. That is fun to watch. I hope he, he found some good ones to add to his, to his operation. That's cool. Yeah, very. Well, very good. Well, our guest today, um, of course, is Lori Schott. And a lot of folks know her from the old library mercantile. And mm -hmm. she and Avery are are there in Marino and are just great folks. And if you haven't been to the old library, she's hosted me for a couple of book signings. And, and of course, I always really appreciate that. And she's just got all kinds of neat stuff. And you know how much I love history and you know, all that good stuff. So it's just really a neat, a neat building and a neat uh, little business there in Sterling to support. But you've known Shots for quite a while, haven't you? I have. I've, uh, yeah, I've known Avery and Lori for, for a lot of years. I've known Avery's parents. I used to walk by their house back in high school and we'd go to lunch and they were, they were great people as well, but, uh, they, they don't make them any better than Avery and Lori shot. I can tell you that. And this episode is, uh, it's going to be a tearjerker. It's going to be gut wrenching. Um, it, it's something that needs to be done. And, uh, and, we're all very glad that Lori is kind of at the forefront of what she's doing because she, uh, Lori doesn't give up and, and uh, she will fight hard for, for what she believes in and, and what they're doing here with uh, what she's going to be talking about is very important uh, for all of us to pay attention to what she's saying. Mm -hmm. You know, we have joked several times about how glad we are that we both grew up prior to cell phones <laughs> and it's <Yeah>. true. <laughs> I thank my lucky stars every day. There's still adult humans who remember me when I was 16, who do actually still speak to me, which is kind of impressive. But <laughs> I you know, understand when, that. Right. When we were doing stupid things, no one was recording it and putting it on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and everything. And and uh I I can't imagine the pressures that some of these kids are under. And it was this discussion about uh, social media's effect on kids. It was kind of like our, our trafficking episode that I still haven't gotten up, but it wasn't what I thought it was initially. I thought that it would be more of the cyberbullying, and it is that, but it's also just the messaging and the, the very predatory, however, Facebook, the, the math term that I can't think of. Algorithm. Thank you. The algorithm that's very predatory and it shows these kids, you know, it's not unlike the devil. He's not terribly creative, but he is effective and he'll hit you where you 
where you bend and where you give and he'll keep doing it. And I thought that that was an interesting comparison and it just wasn't what I thought it was. And so I, I think there is some of that addictive, um, that social media is kind of addictive. If you looked at how much time I spend on it, it would probably curl your hair. And I think the same could be said for a lot of us in that situation. And we're yeah. grown adults that aren't quite as, aren't quite as susceptible to some of those things. And, you know, those kids, their brains are still developing and there's, there's just a lot. And it wasn't the point of my whole rambling comment here is that it just wasn't what I was expecting. No, I agree. I agree. I was, I was kind of like you, you know, the, the white van and the guy luring you in or, but I didn't understand the depth that, that the algorithm can take a kid is, it is scary. Um, I mean, I watch a lot of the, the pet videos. And so once you do that, that's what comes up most of the time is, um, but but what some of the things that Lori will talk about it will blow your mind. I'm 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 just like you. I didn't I didn't know the depths of all of it, and it is scary. Yeah, social dilemma was one of the. Was that the one that you suggested or that Lori did? I can't remember. Lori did. Lori did, and I haven't had a chance to watch that because calving. But social dilemma was one that she said that was good. That if you have a chance to watch it, you ought to. And one of the things she said that just kind of baffled me was she was talking about how p kids can have up to five Instagram accounts. Yeah, I didn't and know that either. I had no idea. I have business Instagram accounts that I run, and it's more than my little brain can handle, but I'm not 17 either. Yeah, yeah. I have an Instagram, and I have no idea how to even use it. I get notifications. I can't even figure out how to open it up to see what the notification's saying. You're so hip. Uh, not very. <laughs> <laughs> me either <laughs> i barely understand it and i don't understand tiktok at all or snapagram or any of those snapchat tweeter snapchat yeah. and tweeter and yeah yeah i don't need i I need, I need no twittering in my life i'm good well at any rate um i think that this is an important episode and it's one that i hope everybody has a chance to listen to and um, it, it is a tough one to listen to, but I think it's important. And, you know, Jason and I don't ever shy away from a tough conversation. And this is another one that is the same, same way. Yeah, so. it is. It is. A, it's a, it's a tough one, but it needs to be out there. And, and as I've said, I'm, I'm glad that Lori's the one leading the fight. Um, I just, I think the world of Lori and Avery and, and they'll, They'll do it the right way and they will, they will accomplish what they set out to do. Mm -hmm. He will. Yep. They, uh, they have quite a fight on their hands though. They do. So my son just came in. So if you're listening and you can hear all of the rattling around, that's what that is. He got out of the bath tonight and I brushed his little hair. He's got the platinum bullet going on. Right. So I, I brushed it all over. And then he waited until it was perfect. And then he ran his hand through it. And he goes, mom, me and dad are stallions. Can't comb <laughs> it like that. I love it. Stallions. Love stallions. Heck yes. We so appreciate you joining us for the ProAg podcast. And if you have the time and the inclination to leave us a five-star review, we really appreciate it. And sharing it and uh, sharing it on your social media, sending it to your friends or even your enemies. <laughs> we appreciate any share that you can give us.
Absolutely. Share away. Yep. So without further ado, here is Lori Schott. Our guest today is Lori Schott from Sterling. You might know her from the old library mercantile, which is one of my favorite places in the world because I love history and books and, and good places and lots of good people. And that's what you'll find there. Uh, Lori has an interesting story about her daughter, Anna, and about the work that she's doing, flying all the way out to DC and doing all of the hard things to visit with legislators and press about a online safety act for kids. So Lori, I so appreciate you coming on today. I, I appreciate you guys. This, You guys are my tribe. You know, rural America is my tribe. So I can do this easier than I can do it in DC. But um, our daughter, Anna Lee, um, it took her life on November 15th of 2020. She was 18 years old. Um, she was a tiny, petite, funny little country girl that her happiest place was with a pen of goats or her chickens or roping, you know, with the, the cowboys out of Bornhaus Arena or her brothers. And um, she was just a, a joy to our entire family. And we lost her on that day, which basically took a wrecking ball to our family. Um, you know, we're pretty tight. Our family's pretty tight. And for this to happen to us, left so many open gaps and um, so many open questions about why. Um, it was it was through that pain, I think, I had to find some purpose to dig into this, to what happened, because we thought we were doing everything right, keeping her busy, in activities. She wasn't a, you know, I shouldn't say a party child, but she wasn't that type of child, you know? And she was kind and sweet and, she was getting ready for, um, she had a kind of one of the leads in a high school play and she was VP of the FFA and she was planning this blood drive, which she just adores giving back and doing things. It was her second blood drive. And we just, when we received the call of what happened, um, you're just numb. And I think we were numb. We're still numb to this day. It's incredibly hard to talk about it, but I think I need to talk about it because what we discovered I think is a message that needs to be shared to all parents, all legislators, all school officials. We need to get this messaging out about what we discovered after we lost Anna. So we lost Anna in 2020. And in 2021 is when Francis Hogan came forward with the whistleblower white papers, was in the Wall Street Journal, and talked about the, the knowledge that Meta knew that its products were harming kids' mental health. Um, you know, at that point in time, you know, Ava and I were still trying to survive and our sons and daughter-in-laws were so strong, but Cameron, my oldest, you know, called and said, mom, have you read those papers? And I said, I, I just, you know, you're just like, you know, I failed as a parent. This is what I did. And it's like, no. And then he called me again and he said, mom, read the papers and watch Social Dilemma. He said, I don't know, but maybe this had something to do with Anna's demise. And what happened next was um, I got the courage to read the white papers. And then I watched the movie Social Dilemma. And this is without Avery beside me. I was just numb. I'm like, little things started to connect the dots and how they manipulate. And you would see that in patterns in children. You, you could just see it. And with Anna, I think the thing that, drove me 
to um, go to her room and start reading her journals was, I know when we lost her, I saw a picture on her desk that had a girl sitting on a cliff and she hand drew it. And she said, and I had this girl sitting on this cliff looking down and the waters below and, and she hand drew this. She goes, I miss me. I miss the old me. I miss the happy me. Okay. So that was like right after we lost her and Ava and I was like, we just can't go in there. And right when I was reading the whistleblower white papers and I was on Facebook because I too was struggling and I was on all these parents that have lost children things, that exact same image came up. You know, I was fighting my own mental health of losing her. And that exact same image was in my feed that Anna had hand drawn. And with that, I mean, I, I remember it was in the morning and, and I don't tell anybody. I step back and I'm like, could it really be, you know, the impact that was on her? And I went down into her journals and, you know, we believe in journaling. You know, she went to a little Christian school in Minnesota. I believe in mental health and all that. And and I think journaling's healthy. And in there was anxiety, depression, darkness. There were statements from that she made about how could anybody love me when I'm this ugly? I look at other girls' profiles. I have no future. And then she listed um, TikTok, which we didn't allow her to be on TikTok. When President Trump said TikTok was bad, I remember spinning around going, Ana, you're not on TikTok. Let me see your phone. And I didn't see it. And in her journal was were these TikTok quotes that were just horrific. And one said, you may as well just kill yourself. And she was writing those down um, verbatim in her journal. So besides that taking me such a time to get on my feet, I was just like, how could this have happened? How I, I mean, I always had this standard, even with Cameron and Caleb, my boys, Ava and I were like, we despise this phone. But that was 10 years ago. There's a 10 year difference between the two. And I remember with the boys, we could monitor their phones because it was text messaging and we knew who they were texting and we knew how long they were texting for. And with this, I just started to step back going, what is going on? So I started as a, as a researcher, you know, I taught at some universities and I'm, that's my mindset is like, I've got to dig into this. What is, what message is she leaving me right here? And long story short, I think that's what push me into the, the pain into purpose section of her life and to dig deeper in this because there was a purpose for what I found. And the first thing I did, I went to our, our office without Ava around and I was so upset. I, I sent an email to our, to Senator Bennett and Hickenlooper. And I knew Senator Bennett had written some releases about his concerns about, you know, social media and the power they had. And I wrote them both an email. And I think it was more of therapy. I said, I want you to see what this little girl wrote. I want you to see right here that she gave us documentation of the harm that these platforms are really doing to our kids. And he contacted me the next day and we had a call on Sunday and he wanted to see the images and see what she had written. And, you know, he just sat there and shook his head. He, his daughter had friends that had taken their lives too. And he's like, it just has to stop. So with that being said, um, in a month, a month later, I was offered the opportunity to meet with the U.S. Surgeon General at Children's Hospital in Denver. And that was in April. And 
I basically, you know, hadn't really told on his story. It was internal for me. And Avery's like, go do it. You know, I can't go with you, but go do it. And I took on his journals. I took the actual journals. I took pictures and her statements, you know, even where she wrote Bible verses to help her with anxiety. I mean, that was all within what she had. And I showed him to the Surgeon General crying and everything on his shoulder. And we spent an hour. And he just, he was so reassuring and kind and saying, I, we've got to stop it. We've got to. And that was in April. I mean, he took one on his bracelets and he said, I'm going to do something. Can I use some of this documentation to do something? And he did take it back to the White House. And in May, he released his report. And I don't know if anybody's ever seen it on the his concerns for the dangerous social media. I mean, the Surgeon General doesn't give out that many warnings in the history of that office and, you know, cigarette smoking, opioids and social media. So it was a big jump for him. And I could see he was getting a lot of heat from these billion dollar companies. So that's kind of how the story started. Well, I, I can just imagine how we have said several times that we're, we're thankful that we did not grow up in the, in the cell phone era, because when we were doing stupid things, some of the people who know us now as adults were certainly there and watching, but they weren't also videotaping it and putting it on TikTok. And yeah, exactly. I, I think that, go ahead. No, 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 go, sorry. I think even as an adult, it's diff difficult to not get sucked down into that um, comparison, you know, highlight reel and trying to figure out what's real and what's what's somebody else's uh, just manifested. Uh, and ex exactly. And with Anna, you know, so taking it a step further, it's like, I have to really see what's in that phone. Well, how many parents have their kids' passwords when they're a senior? You know, that's the thing. We didn't have access to Anna's phone. Um, we didn't know the password. It used to be, I love goats. That used to be it from day one. That was her password. Well, she had changed it. And we were able, thanks to my daughter-in-law, um, kept her phone active. And we were able to send it to a forensic company in Florida that was actually able to hack into her phone. Not that we could see the messages she received that day, but we were able to get on her platforms. And what I saw <laughs> was horrific. I, that's when I found out she had TikTok. I'm like, she doesn't have TikTok. And she goes, yes, she has TikTok. Plus she has five Instagram accounts, you know, and kids can have up to five Instagram accounts and keep things from their parents. And Anna had TikTok. And when I got the courage to log onto her phone into her TikTok account, it was full of things like anxiety, depression, suicidal. It was just a constant feed. And she had been gone for over two years. And those algorithms are so powerful. Once they catch that in these kids' accounts, it just keeps hammering at them. And I was just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was reading and seeing. And I think that's what really pushed me to start being an advocate, because I think if it could happen to our daughter, it could happen to any child. And, you know, mental health is a big thing. You know, we have enough to, to try and get our kids through this world. And we're always worried about safety. Where are they at 10 o'clock at night? Da, 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 da. Do you know where they're at at 10 o'clock at night? They're on their phones in a very dangerous world. 
And we need to get control of that. We are up against a billion dollar company, a company that made what, 39.4 billion in 2022. They're lobbying. They're the two biggest lobbyers in DC, Google and social media. And we've got to make things change. We need to demand change. So I think when I started to go ahead, I um, received calls from a company in uh, Germany, a film crew in Germany that was doing a documentary. And they asked if I would talk about on it. And they spent four days in Northeastern Colorado. And we talked about on it because they are trying to save their children too. And I had after that, another gentleman from Japan come to Marino <laughs> and he um, wanted to see where we lived. And he did a documentary too, because he says, our people aren't talking about this, but our children are dying too. So it's not just an American thing. It's a world thing. Um, I've had an interview with the New Yorker magazine, you know, to hear this different things. Well, you're in this tiny little world out here. And it's like, well, you know, if girls are susceptible and maybe they're not the most popular in athletics or things like that, they're very fragile and they believe what they see and they almost self-diagnose themselves into anxiety and depression. Because even after I saw what Anna saw, I couldn't unsee it. It kept coming up in her feeds. And even for me, as I couldn't imagine having that um, as, as a high schooler right now. Um, a friend of Anna's came up, bless her heart, and told us that Anna had seen a live suicide on the For You Reel or the For You page on TikTok. And it devastated her. And the girls had talked, excuse me, they had talked and said, we're going to give up social media. We don't want to see this anymore. But the addictions and the algorithms that they design are so powerful. I don't think the girls lasted three days. And they were back on TikTok. Well, so. and we, we always say, and Rachel and I always talk about this, we are so lucky to live where we live. But the internet is endless. It reaches everywhere. It so it doesn't matter if you're in Atwood, Marino, Sterling. These kids can go wherever they want to go with these damn social media apps. And, and we deal, I mean, we have a 16 year old daughter. Um, we deal with the bullying at school, which is yes. awful, but it's horrific. It's amazing to me how, how mean kids can be in person, but when they're behind a computer, they're just like adults. I'm not just saying kids, everybody's always a keyboard warrior. They're so tough behind their computer and they'll say whatever they want. Uh, where, you know, when it used to be, you'd say something like that, that was, you get hit in the mouth or something. There, there was some repercussion. There's not anymore. So what you guys are doing, Lori, trying to fight the big billionaires is amazing. And, and we're all here behind you 100% and we'll do. See, here we go. We'll get a little emotional, but it just, I don't want to see, I don't want to see another child die. No, we have had and so many in the, even just in Northeast Colorado, we have had so many young kids do this. We have all got to stand up and fight these billionaires and we can, we, you don't have to have all the money in the world to do this, right, Lori? Our voices can be more powerful enough to go after them. Yeah. And cyberbullying is huge. It's part of the whole component. When a child is down, any parent needs to read how these firms determine algorithms. They go for your weakness because they know if you're weak, you're going to look at something, you're going to pause on it, you're going to look at it. That creates the 3,000 data points within who you are that they will start sending information to. Their whole thing is to keep you online. And I think the great thing is 
and she's my hero. Both of them are my hero is I met with Francis Hogan, who was the first whistleblower. And then I met with Arturo. He was with me in DC. I took him to Senator Bennett's office and he's like, these are easy things to fix. And it should be as easy for kids to get something down off the internet. If it's hurting them or somebody posted something as it is to like, but those media companies, social media doesn't want to do that because it's money in their pocket. And you know, 21 billion on lobbying, you know, it's, it's like a, it's like a Goliath, but I think the pages are turning and I will give, I received a call the other day. It's kind of weird. You're at the library. It's like, hello. And it's the attorney general here in Colorado saying, I saw on a story, I talked to um, representative Buck and he goes, I'd like to, to work with you because 44 attorney generals have filed against um, social media meta for breaking the COPA, which is the Kids Online Privacy Protection Act. Because these social media platforms and what was exposed with these whistleblowers is that children, you can't, you can't be selling kids data and doing all this for kids that are under 13. But what was in those emails and the content that was busted out of the Facebook whistleblowers is that they actually show you how to get around that age thing. They don't get parental permission. They can click a button. Kids can just trot right along into that. But the thing that's so wonderful that he has been working and he has taken leadership with this, it's been, I think, a couple of years for him digging into that. And social media is not regulated. There is no oversight for them, like us in agriculture or energy, no oversight. So with the litigation that they filed made them pull back the curtain when the whistleblowers came forward and demand answers. So even if they lose the case, they're shining a light in the court of public opinion and to raise parents' awareness that we need to do something. And I'm cheering him on because his next target is TikTok, which I think their whole goal is to destroy our society, our children. Where do you destroy a society from? You start with your kids. And what TikTok has and what I want to throw my pop can at the TV is when I see those TikTok commercials come on lately after the hearings, now all of a sudden we're saying TikTok helps our business. We're a farmer. We're this and that. It's like they're trying to save themselves. And the same thing with Snapchat. Snapchat was created as a place where people could send, I'll say it, nude pictures to one another and then they disappear. Okay, so we're letting our kids on a platform that was created for that reason. And I remember with on it in the car where we were, I was like, what is that? And she goes, oh, it's Snapchat. Just send funny pictures and things like that. And I said, what app would ever want something to be taken down or disappear? I said, on if I ever catch you <laughs> sending anything nasty, I'm just going to online, you know, land on you about this. It's, it can harm people. It can hurt people. But she was on Snapchat. And that's what it was. And I'm finding all of this out now. And our kids are dying because of fentanyl, because they are delivering, these dealers are delivering like pizza to kids' house in the middle of the night, drugs through Snapchat, because that app disappears within what, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So when a child dies, which I have been with these parents, um, Police have, there's no recourse. They can't get into it. And Snapchat, these dealers use icons, like how to communicate. And it shows these kids how to figure this stuff out, which is just, it can't be this way. So somebody well, needs to speak up. And and the thing with Snapchat, and I've, I've talked to several of our, one of our cops here in town that does investigating into the sexting and all that. It's not gone. 
It, yeah. It's never gone. There's always yeah. a digital imprint, but these kids think, well, no, it disappeared. It's gone. No, it's not. They, yeah, yeah we have got to get, uh, I love what you're doing, Lori. I, I think the world of you and Avery and I love what you're doing. Well, you're right there in the front with honest service. And I thank you. You're still uh, a vision. You and, your was, wife. Uh, and you gave us the music that was her. So, but I think, I think we as a community need to stand up and don't tell me I live in rural America because if it's, this is bipartisan. You know, and if I hear that sometimes, well, some of the Republicans are, you know, not sure about this, it's taking away a freedom of speech. I'm like, time out. This isn't freedom of speech. This is about a product that is destroying our children. It's a silent killer. And it's, I feel like it's just getting more aggressive. And then we're turning into AI. You know, well, AI is algorithms. So what's going to happen with this? And I think we as parents and communities and teachers need to have the conversation because it wasn't until I really got into it, pulled back those curtains, started having these conversations. You know, there's this thing called the choking challenge. And I think it's on, it's on Instagram, I think. And I know a mother in Illinois and her son died of it. You know, film yourself, you'll black out, but you'll come back to, you know, he died in 2019. And she has every week gone in and documented that choking challenge. And I think we've lost 60 kids since then, and nothing has been done to stop it. We reported, you know, you can try and report this, but the, the bad thing is, and Avery always has to say, numbers don't lie, but liars make numbers. Zuckerberg lied, and the attorney generals are going after him. He lied about, oh, Facebook is safe, and it doesn't have any harms, and we don't get this many issues reported where... It's how he was manipulating the numbers would just infuriate you. But the whistleblowers brought that to light. So I, I just think evil's not going to win on this. It's going to be a tough battle, but evil's not going to win on this. So. Right. Well, and that, that had to be tough sitting there in Washington and see Zuckerberg turn around and say how sorry he was. And, and that was after he said, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to do there's nothing wrong we're doing but to see his smug face smile and say i am so sorry with what you're that had to be tough lori uh, i mean it, just looking knowing you're just a liar and then he's right there with you and he's got billions of dollars to deflect i mean in some of these lawsuits they named him specifically and he's like well i'm not in charge it's in that you're 51 percent owner you are in charge you know where's the accountability but i i think that was two rows of attorneys behind those social media execs and then i was right behind there you know so you had two rows of of legal but when josh holly and i love him i'm a missouri girl too went to school there when he called him out on that it was like i think the biggest it hurt but it was the biggest push for us to get that message out of what is going on i've never seen so much press in my life i thought i was just going to go there take my kleenex box hold on this picture and cry you know be that that parent and um it turned into which i think was great that there's that much concern about what's going on and holding them accountable before you know these senate hearings in the last three years they've had 10 of them 10 hearings and nothing's been done but now with the whistleblower information, with the attorney generals filing these suits, they have to respond. And, and the smugness of it all was how many of them had to have federal marshals serve them notices to go to that hearing. They just kind of blew it off. You're being you know, requested to come to the Senate. They No, it took federal marshals to get some of them there. 
in those so, white paper pages and in some of these things, are they are they naming those particular algorithms as addictive and as predatory? Is that what they're going after them on? You know, the thing was the upper level, and then these are all emails that Francis Hogan downloaded thousands of emails where it said, you know, we had this project Daisy turning off the like button builds people's self-esteem. We're going to, you know, they do, they did studies like that, but it's like, no, we're not going to do that. You know, they'll disengage, you know, set the parental control. So a parent can just punch a button. It's buried. If you try to turn off social media, like when I did and looked at it, I was just like, every platform's different. Everything is, they don't make it easy because they don't want to, you know, Annalie, when you look at her Instagram account, you know what her interests were? Dogs, humane society, horses, cattle. What were they sending her? Anxiety, depression, beauty filter things. But the worst of the worst is TikTok. I've never seen anything as horrific. But then you run into the same aspect with this. It's a freedom of speech. So now with these lawsuits, it's like, well, these are this is freedom of speech. I mean, they can actually tell you to go kill yourself on these platforms. And that's this the, the juggling act that's going on right now. Because if you push it in court, it's freedom of speech. But, but they can go after them for how they design their platforms, how they align these algorithms to align to these children with these 3,000 data points and then sell that information hundreds of times to advertisers. They do it all for the money. Their goal is, it is, it's, it's profit over people, over kids. And if you look at my social media, because I use it, I use it for the library. And I always thought, well, look at my social media. It's nothing bad. I mean, I was on Facebook and I knew that my daughter-in-laws were watching on, on her Instagram account and two different worlds you see, you know, it's almost like this spider that just detects a weakness and just goes for our kids. And I don't mean to be overdramatic about it, but it's what happened. I sat with parents and it was patterned after meeting all these parents, these stories just all came to the same, same home. Yeah. Well, they, they always talk about the devil. <laughs> He's not yes. particularly creative, but he is consistent. And he, uh, he, but I have to have hope. I, and I have to have hope, you know, Amy Klobuchar used to live in Minnesota and Amy, I met with Amy Klobuchar's team and she's a Senator and she was in the hearing and she, she made a great comparison and she was shaking. Her voice was shaking and her eyes were filled with tears. And it was it was raw emotion. And she said, we lose a plane door off a 700 plane, you know, and the next day we ground every plane in the United States. These kids are dying and they can't get this figured out to make it stop. And I think the only thing that's going to make it stop is litigation and legislation. So, Lori, what can we as in uh, our audience I mean, it's going to take strength in numbers to get this done. And and like you said, it's an uphill battle. It's going to be tough. But what can we do? Who can we contact? Do we write letters? Do we what? tell us and our listeners what we do to help you guys? We need to hold politicians accountable to support this and understand it. And Senator Bennett did sign on as co-sponsor. Hickenlooper is on board right now with the Kids Online Safety Act. And that's huge. There's a lot of safety online safety acts, but you know, this kosha bill, this kids online safety kind of jumped over the, the curb the other day. Thank goodness to take a drive out in there to get it presented on the Senate floor. But it's going to take the House to pass it, too. 
you know, and when you talk to people, it's like, well, my, you know, my side of the aisle doesn't, you know, want to talk about it. We need to talk about it. We need to demand to talk about it because I think, and it's not just me, I'm, I'm new to this. Some of these parents have been fighting it since 2018, 2019. And um, we need to hold our legislators accountable to talk about it. You know, we have an open seat coming up with Buck. I'd, I'd love to know what some of these candidates think about the harms of social media. I know the border is important. I know those are important, but our kids are dying and they're being influenced by a Chinese platform that doesn't like us. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Talking, you know, we talk a lot about rural mental health and the access, the accessibility to services. And I know you and I have talked about that before about um, trying to find, find some help in rural areas. Can you talk a little bit about your experience trying to access mental health services? Mm -hmm. When Anna was like a sophomore, I could kind of tell, you know, she was closing down and she was quiet and as raising two boys, this is my, our first run at a girl. Um, I had concerns, you know, she says, I'm not pretty. I'm not popular, you know, all of that. And it's like, you know what, we're going to get you with somebody, which she went fighting and screaming. Um, we found a counselor and basically I just started in the telephone book and I kept going farther and farther and farther into the front range to find somebody that could take her. And that's the big issue. And I think is that there's a difference between a counselor and a psychologist. I think when our kids' mental health is struggling, we really need to interview these people if we can find them. But, you know, suicide's a leading cause of death in kids. What? 12 to 15 in Colorado and we lack mental health resources to make to make things happen for us in rural communities. One thing that was beneficial was when they started to do telemed because before I just begged, can we do telemed? Because here we're in this vicious cycle. Anna wants to talk to her counselor, but we have to miss school and that's a two and a half hour drive up and back and you miss school then you can't be in play practice. It was just, it was tough. And um I just think we need to have accessibility to it. And I love what um, Rachel Maker's doing. I love that she's opened this clinic, but she's not enough to handle what I think is a is the overload of, of what we need to be talking about as parents and educators and community.